Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, every week we sit around the table, and I know some of you have told me, oh man... I wish I could be there with you guys. I love to hang out with the Encouragement Cafe girls, and I just feel like I'm missing something if I'm not around them. And you know what, Rach? I think that there are moments, if we're honest, in all of our lives where we kind of let the green-eyed monster out and we start envying what other people have. Oh, the green-eyed monster. Now, this reminds me. My eyes, a lot of people will uh, assume that they're brown, but they're actually hazel. So there's definite green in there, but you don't always notice it. My grandmother used to say to me all the time, so I'm a young child of like six, seven, eight. Um, In the summertime, I would spend a lot of time with my grandmother at uh, a little place we had at a little lake. And my grandmother had this huge garden Um, And she would work that garden every day. And I would sometimes go out and help her in the garden and we'd be picking stuff. And there were some beans that you could pull right off the the stem and eat them, uh, which I love to do. Uh, other things she had to, you know, take back and, and cook up for dinner. But um, she didn't mind me taking some beans off, off the pole to eat. But sometimes she would get a little fussy with me because I would, like, eat them all instead of, you know, saving any for the meal, you know. Uh, she would come out, and the vine that was full yesterday was, you know, three-fourths gone today. And um <laughs> Things like that. And um, anyway, so I I would sometimes not think about others (laughs) and I would sometimes take more than my share. So that's sort of the context for what she would say to me. But you have to know that my, my Southern grandmother, she never explained her really odd sayings. She always had these odd sayings and she would just blurt them out to me. And I, as a child, would be like clueless to the context. I didn't know what was making her say that. I just thought she said random weird things. So (laughs) like I would just be sitting there, Uh you know, having a a glorious time in the sunshine, picking some some bean pods and eating them and thinking life was grand. And suddenly my mother would, my grandmother would look up from the the carrots she was pulling up out of the ground and she would just say to me, green-eyed greedy gut, run around, eat the world up. And then she would go back to pulling <laughs> carrots. And I was like, not, is she talking to me? I don't know. You know, who was, what, you know, it was like, I wondered, is she possessed? She would just blurt out these weird, odd things. And that one would get said to me with some frequency. Again, no lectures, <laughs> no explanation, just green-eyed, greedy gut, run around, eat the world up. And it took me years to figure out what was going on there. (laughs) Oh, you know what this makes me realize? My grandkids are going to grow up and they're going to tell stories about how I had strange sayings because I think I do similar things without realizing it. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about what that green eyed monster might look like in our world today. And I've got one example, and you and I both love her dearly. 
And the first person we would run to if we knew we needed prayer, like right now, would be who? Mary Kay, of course. Mary Kay is our go-to prayer gal. She is over our prayer rooms when we do live events. And Mary Kay has prayed me out of so many uh, crazy things in my life. Prayed me out of storms, prayed me out of hurricanes. And I know that she is a full-blown prayer warrior. But I've also heard some of the girls on our team, some people that uh, just know that she's prayed with them during an event. I've heard them say, oh, man, I wish I could pray like that. I wish I could be like Mary Kay. And, you know, we don't often think of the green-eyed monster with our faith and with our prayer life, but we all can, if we're honest, find that we do that from time to time. Well, I think that was probably me that you heard saying, oh, man, I wish I could pray like Mary Kay. Because <laughs> that's that thought has totally gone through my head. And, and she can just she just ha- she just has a gift, but she can just settle herself down physically and mentally and spiritually and focus in on whatever it is that she's praying about. And she is not hurried and she is not rushed and she can literally pray for hours. And I want to be like that, but I ha- it takes me a little longer to get that settled and that calm and that focused in. And then after about 15 minutes, I'm getting ant- antsy. You know, I'm like, go- I'm like popping one eye open, looking around going, are we, are we about to wrap up here? Am I missing anything? And then I'd be like, oh, no, no, shut your eyes. Focus, Rachel, focus. I had a great aunt who, uh, nothing about Aunt Susie Nothing about her life or her possessions or her appearance, nothing about Aunt Susie would anyone envy. Um, She was poor. She was never employed. She got married young, um, and then her husband died and left her a widow. She wasn't able to have kids, um, and she lived in very, you know, modest surroundings, so um, she never learned to drive. But I tell you what, that woman had such a peace and contentment about herself, her life, all those things that we, I personally would be looking to change. I would be thinking, how can I, how can I do something with my hair so I don't look like this? How can I get a job so that I don't have to live like this? Like she just had a, a, a peace and a, a contentment about her. And she also had a great faith. Um, I'll never forget when she took this tiny little apartment on the third story of this old house and the house happened to be right next door to a funeral home. So the rent was cheap because that's what you're looking out on every day is a bunch of funerals. She was excited to get that apartment and she would sit at the window and watch the funerals and pray over all the families and all the loved ones and the deceased um, every day. And she was content with her lot in life. And so, um, like I I always say, there was nothing about Aunt Susie to be envied, except there was everything about Aunt Susie that I envied. You know, that is a a picture of someone that kind of reminds me of Anna in the Bible. You know, she just constantly went to the temple seeking uh, 
God. And I, I wonder sometimes when we see that type of faith, if we feel like we're less than. If we say, wow, I wish, I wish at moments that I, I could just be totally in to prayer like Mary Kay, or I wish I could totally be into faith like your Aunt Susie, or I wish, I wish, I wish. But here's what I want to tell you today. In Deuteronomy 14, it says, Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. Out of all the people in the world, you are his treasured possession. He doesn't say, well, I wish you were more like Mary Kay, or I wish you were more like Aunt Susie, or I wish you were more like Anna in the Bible. No, God says you are treasured for being you. I love what my husband says. He says, you know, if we were alike, one of us would not be necessary. (laughs) And I'm like, that's true. We don't need a duplicate copy of anybody. We are treasured. We are unique. And there is something that we bring to the table that nobody else does. So today, let's let's figure out why we have that green-eyed monster when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our prayer life, when it comes to feeling like someone else is doing it better than we are. Let's figure out why we go there and then how we can replace it. Well, you know, I'll tell you, and you certainly, I'm sure, can relate to some degree, um, you know, coming up through my years of ministry, um, there were always, we, we worked in a big national organization of, of women in ministry and women speakers and writers. And um, I, initially, it was just so wonderful for me to be there and to glean and learn from all these awesome women of God around me. But after, you know, after a few years, after a certain point, you start to, to sort of compare and start to sort of feel like you should be further ahead on this thing than you are, you know? You should be, why am I not getting, I'm doing the quiet time, why am I not getting the blow me away kind of Bible insights, you know, that that, that Bible teacher gets, you know, why, why when I speak, do I not sound like Beth Moore? Why do I not, you know, make a crowd laugh like Patsy Claremont? Why can I, you know, like you can just get um, comparison focused and then you can start to become envious of other people's gifts or with the amount of influence that another woman has been trusted with that seems larger than yours. And um, you know, and when I started writing uh, books for Christian publishers, then that stuff really gets quantified. You know, there are book sales, there there are numbers that get tracked and quantified, and certain books are bestsellers and certain books aren't. And it's easy to lose sight and, and sort of compare and get envious that this person Um, has more talent than I do, or God is blessing her more than he's blessing me, or God is using her more than he's using me. Whether you're in a ministry like we were, whether you're just, uh, you know, 
in your neighborhood or in your church. Maybe you have uh, other friends and affiliates through work or school. There's always some comparison that's going on. And I love our friend Carol Davis, who, who always did a talk on the yardstick. And she said how many times we get the yardstick out and start measuring ourselves to those around us. When God says, no, no, that's not the way that I look at you. I look at you as an individual treasure. And so I think you're right, Rachel. One of the very first things that we start doing is we start measuring and we get the scales out and we compare and we balance out, okay, did I have as many funny things? Did I have as many uh, important things to say? Did I uh, give uh, enough money? Did I give as much as they did? I mean, whatever you feel that someone else is doing that you're not, the problem is our focus. When we start comparing, our focus is out of whack. Because our eyes have shifted from what God wants, and instead of being vertical, we're looking horizontally around us. And all of a sudden, our view starts seeing all the things that we're not. Well, and I guess being a green-eyed, greedy gut who will run around and eat the world up, I realized that left (laughs) to my own devices... Sure. I, I I mean, if I had the capacity to make it so, I would have all the best-selling books and the biggest audience and the funniest talks and the most insights. And let me just add to that. I can't carry a tune in a U-Haul, so I would give myself a great singing voice, too. And why not record some albums while I'm at that? And hey, listen, I'm a one-man show. You don't even have to hire a worship leader to do this event. I can do it all. <laughs> and you know what? I hate paying for an accountant. I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do my own taxes. Like, I would just... I would have it all. I would be it all. You know, I would have, uh, I would be a gourmet cook. Like if we had that ability, I would be such a green eyed, gritty gut. I would just take all the world, all the talents. They would all be mine. I'm going to do them all. (laughs) So yeah. And uh, that's, that's my impulse. It's probably, you know, maybe not everybody wants to do everything or maybe they don't want to do the same sort of things that I want to do, but um, that's sort of the impulse. And I guess that's why I always admired my Aunt Susie is because she just had such contentment with who she was and what she had. And as a green-eyed, greedy gut, that I, I marveled at that. I remember when my daughter was going through high school and she was starting to compare herself that other girls are smarter or other girls are prettier or other girls are getting asked out and I'm not and and I saw the comparison trap happening and she would say I just don't know if I'm gonna ever be as successful as they are in whatever it was they were doing and I said honey you can't look at you compared to anyone else Picture yourself on a ladder, and wherever you are on that ladder is you, if you are on the third rung or the fifth rung or the tenth rung, you are farther up that ladder than you were when you started. It's your ladder. It's your life, and you don't have to go 
climb anybody else's ladder. You just keep working on the one that God has given you to climb. Don't look around left to right. Just say, God, where do you want me to go? And then help me see how I am improving. And you are making me better. And you are growing me. But I get really off balance when I start leaning over to look at the other ladder. I like that visual when you started to, to say, you know, imagine the ladder. In my head, I pictured myself on a ladder, as you said, and before you, you kept talking, there were people ahead of me. I was like looking up at people that were further up than me. There was a couple people below me when I looked down too, but like that was the mental image that I had until you told me I was on my very own ladder and there was no one else on this ladder with me and other people had their own ladders. So isn't that interesting that... Um, I was already picturing people ahead of me, and I'm thinking I'm on a ladder. I've got no way to get around them. I can't get ahead of them. Well, first of all, I don't want to be on a ladder with a bunch of other people. It's unsafe. <laughs> but but even in life, I don't want to be uh, trying to climb up and surpass anybody. I don't want to feel like we're even in the same um ball game because God has me doing what he created me to do. But Rachel, he has you in a totally different atmosphere. You're in with college kids and you're you're in a totally different part of the country and you are purposefully made to do exactly what God is calling you to do. And your ladder doesn't look anything like mine. It's not leaning against the same wall as mine. You're going to a different place than I'm going. And even though we get together to do this show, we have totally different ladders. And if we look back and we see how far God has brought us so far, then we know that we have a purpose and he has a plan and it doesn't have anything at all to do with the ladder that's beside us. You know, um, there are a couple of verses that are coming to mind as you're talking about that. The first one is, um, I mean, right out of the Beatitudes, right? Uh, Jesus' Beatitudes speech in the the Gospels where he's talking about who God blesses. And he says in chapter 5, verse 5 of Matthew, he says, God blesses those people who are humble. God blesses the humble. They will inherit the earth. So it's interesting to me, you know, God blesses the people who are humble and the earth will belong to them. It's like the people who are not grasping and competing to try and get everything and have every talent and have every success. The the people who are not green-eyed greedy guts, (laughs) um, those are the people that God blesses and winds up giving the entire earth to. They, they, get it, they get it all, which they did not even ask for. And then a few sentences later in the same sermon um, in Matthew 5, verse 9, Jesus says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And I like the way Eugene Peterson phrases this verse in his message translation. He, he says it this way, you are blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That is when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. And so, Luann, 
with that description of the ladders and, and, and that discussion of telling me I have my own ladder leaning against my own tree in my own part of the world, um, it made me think of that. It made me think of verse 9 in Matthew 5. Luann, you are blessed when you can show Rachel how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. <laughs> um, but uh, but I love that. You know, when you're the peacemaker, when you 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 don't uh, make life a competition, you don't envy other people's faith or talents or 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 ministry size or anything else. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family and your ladder on your tree. You know that's so true. And when you think about, I mean, God tells us that throughout Scripture. You know, Paul was telling the Corinthians that when he was saying, you know, you all have different gifts. You can't all be the the ears. You all can't be the the mouth of the body of Christ. Everybody has a role to play and everybody has their own life to fulfill. And when we spend so much time envying and letting the green-eyed monster take over, and I know, Rachel, just like you, especially in ministry, and it saddens me at times because there are so many people that are getting rich and making uh, their living off of teaching young, impressionable moms and girls that they need to have a platform. And it just almost makes me nauseous because when when we hear people say, you need to have a platform, you need to get out there and do what other people are doing and make sure that you're uh, coordinating efforts with other people so that you can someday be famous just like them. And I know that women that feel like they have a story to tell, and every single one of us do, if God is saved you and rescued you from your life of sin, then you have a story to tell. But God gives you a different ladder. He gives you your own sphere of influence, and he says, grow where I plant you. Wherever your seed is falling in this place, this is where I want you to grow and go and move up your own ladder and yes learn how to do the gifts that i've given you really well i mean don't stop learning learn how to do it to the best of your ability but don't feel like you have to be the next beth moore or be the next tv evangelist there is something for you to do in your own space in your own ladder and there's no room for a green-eyed monster. Well, that's certainly what my Nana would say. If she would bother to explain herself and not just blurt out her crazy sayings, I think that's what she wanted to try to teach me was, um, don't be greedy, you know, just be humble. And, you know, I probably would have asked, well, how in the world do you be humble? Like, I didn't even know, how do you be humble? I had to learn how to be humble. Um, and how to be content, because those things didn't seem to come naturally to me. Um, the greed seen, and, and the envy seemed to come naturally to me. And I guess that's just illustration of, of our, our fallen nature as humans. Hey gals, this week our 
challenge is for us to embrace who God made us to be. Let's stay focused on Him and not the people around us that sometimes take our eyes off of the goal. And our goal is to be more like Jesus. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.